Okay, my name is Tori Jensen, and uh, I'm a nurse that got let go because I wouldn't get vaccinated. And you are listening to the Hall of Mirrors podcast. Enjoy. Our, our major angle with this is ultimately we want to put out information. We don't want to put out disinformation. We're not far left. We're not far right. We're just two working class guys that started a podcast and, and got some traction with uh, the, you know, basically rational thought. And I, I think that's uh, lost upon a lot of people. So I like with, it. So with, with that being said, we started this podcast about two years ago. Yeah. Uh, COVID kind of th- shut us down because obviously at the beginning of it all, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. So we stopped filming. And uh, one day, Randy put out a post of, of a uh, two nurses holding a sign saying, you know, uh, last year's heroes, today's unemployed. And it went viral and Randy reached out like, Hey, we got, we've got something that we need to, and he, you know, we talked about my wife's perspective. Nurse. Randy's wife's oh, nurse. Okay. So, okay. We, you know, we, we talked about, you know, if we thought it was sustainable uh, you know, obviously we debated our viewpoints on it and we, we were like-minded with it. So we started going after this kind of exclusively uh, where nurses and uh, doctors and chiropractors uh, obviously now firefighters, Mm-hmm. on the show that are standing up and it, what we're kind of preaching is we're not telling you not to get vaccinated and i think this is what stopped us from getting deplatformed thus far is we're not saying don't get vaccinated if you want the vaccination get the vaccination right? absolutely so, absolutely right so what we're saying is ultimately it where we draw the line is ultimately when they say you have to take this or else you know your freedom of choice of what's injected into your body i think and it's more of a, a constitutional standpoint than a, a medical, you know, stand. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, that's a lot where I was coming from as well. My, I mean, my stance on the religious freedom piece of it, cause it's absurd what they're doing and an absolute violation of my constitutional rights. So I'm going to, um, for people that are as if we were recording that are just joining us, we're talking with Tori Jensen, who, uh, really made a splash, became viral with her being escorted out of her place of employment. Am I, am I right with that? Yes. And that's uh, correct. so if you want to tell that story, because I mean, it is, it's one of those things that like, it takes your breath away when you see it for the first time. It's, you know, people, people just don't realize what's happening until they, they see something like this and it just blows you away. So, and before I have you start on that, I, Randy always does this to me. And this is, this is why we get along so well. I like the context beforehand. I don't like jumping right into the meat and the potatoes. I like to, to build it up a little bit. So with that being said, before we get to that faithful day, when you're being escorted out of the hospital, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been in the medical field? What, what do you do? And then we get there. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. I, um, I've been a nurse for 10 years and I've been a dietitian for 15 years. So I started in the medical professional in the medical profession as a dietitian and uh, decided that, uh, it wasn't for me. Okay. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to work a little less and make a little more money. So I went back to nursing school and, um, it's been the best decision I've ever made. So I, my entire career, as a nurse, any nurses listening out there, I have been a telemetry nurse pretty much my entire career, which is like, I 
I assumed that I would just die a telemetry nurse, that that would just be my, my fate. <laughs> um, so and, for our, our, our listeners that don't know what telemetry nurse is, somebody basically they sorry. put a tube up your nose, it goes down your throat. And when it's down in your stomach, you have to take drinks of water and it's actually tracking the movements of your throat. Am I correct? Uh, no. Ah, yes, damn. <laughs> yes, I wasn't going to interject. I was waiting for it. Oh, I pride I mean, myself on knowing I, I, I had do, that done and I thought it was called telemetry. <laughs> I, I do put tubes down people's throats, but uh, that's just one part of it. No, I, if you're on my floor, your, your heart is being monitored. So you're like, not that sick, but you're sick enough to be in the hospital. So if uh, it's like one step um, the next step would be like intermediate care and then the ICU. So, okay. uh, but everyone's it? We hearts it? are being monitored. We keep it. You keep no, it. I'm talking to Mike. <laughs> I, Mike he's talking about editing, editing, editing this out because I, I pride myself on being right, but I was wrong. And I, I can you, openly you absolutely keep that. This you is why I'm keeping keep it. That. I'm going to tell you why we had a, we had a podcast a few months ago and, um, I mean, we were in deep discussion and I got caught up in the uh, comments from everybody. We had like 300 watchers and they're commenting and he got to the comment before me and they were discussing the comment that I was just locked into and I totally zoned everything out. And I'm like, Hey Mike, look at this comment. And they're like, like, literally, they're like, that's, we what, that's what we're talking about that for 10 minutes. And where, where have you been? During yeah, this it was embarrassing. So, so we're keeping this. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but so I've been a telemetry nurse and then when COVID hit, they turned our floor into the COVID unit. So in the early days of COVID, we showed up to work and we were like, who knows if our masks even work against COVID? I mean, it was crazy time. Um, but I, my husband is a first responder. He's a fireman and I'm a nurse. And it was just, it wasn't an option not to go to work. Like we just, that's what you do. A lot of people called in sick because they were terrified and we're just like, okay, we're going to work with the information we've been given. We have a strong faith in God and we don't fear the world. And so right. we just went, we just walked into these rooms with, you know, taking care of these patients who were terrified. And quite honestly, in the beginning, I remember my first guy, I was a little terrified too, but you have to push that way down deep and tell him it's going to be okay. Yep. Um, and Fortunately, I mean, early on, it was terrifying because we didn't know how to treat it. They were just throwing everything at the wall to see what would stick. Um, and people were really sick and people are still getting sick from COVID, but we have a, our treatments are much better now, which thank goodness. We know so much more about it. So the outcomes are better. Um, but yeah, my, uh, so it was a crazy time in history. Really. I'll look back on my nursing career and be like, I can't believe that I was a nurse during that time. Right. Um, yeah. It's and historic, so, right. It is. It's historic yeah, time. absolutely. I, I said that to one of the guys, like my first patients, and I don't really think he appreciated it the way that I appreciate it. Sure. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm not really sure I want to be a part of history. And I was like, good point. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, so with all these, um, so then the vaccine became available last December for, for me. And I, uh, at first I, I just didn't want to take it because I'm young and healthy and I've been working on a COVID unit this whole time to my knowledge, I've never gotten COVID or given okay. it to anybody else. Um, and my family has never gotten it, um, that I know of. So that's kind of where it started. And then, um, from there, I, I actually made a couple different appointments to get vaccinated. And then I just prayed about it. And I, like, I do all my big decisions and I just thought, you know, 
I think I'm good. Like, I think my God given immune system is uh, sufficient for this. And so I'm going to just press on, do the things I normally do, eat vegetables and get a lot of sleep at night. And I exercise and try to keep my stress down. So, um, that's how, that's how my family addressed COVID. And like who we, better than we, you knows that, right? From having worked in the COVID ward, right? Per se. Well, been around I mean, it. yeah, for myself, like right. that's where, that's where I have this problem with me, myself. Yes, that was the right decision. Who's to tell me that I need to do this when I've seen it firsthand? Right. Who's going to, who's to tell me that this is what I have to do to keep my job? It's ridiculous. Right. When they couldn't even guarantee proper PPE at the inception of this, when you, we didn't know what, what the outcomes would be. You guys were, you know, both yeah. you and your husband are risking your lives, not knowing. Right. And now they're taking that choice away from me. And I said, no, thanks. I showed up to work, not knowing anything and just willing to put my life on the risk. And now you guys are telling me I have to, right. I'm like, mm, that doesn't work for me. Seems like a very and, standpoint. Yeah. Um, especially given the fact that I'm not at risk for dying from COVID. And we know now we know a lot more about the vaccine than we used to, um, that you can still get COVID and you can still pass it even if you've been vaccinated. And I, um, I had to test twice weekly. So when the mandate came down, that was in early August, I submitted my religious exemption. Um, and I started testing twice weekly. So I was really confident going into these rooms, taking care of patients that I wasn't putting your grandmother at risk. Because sure. I wore an N95 and I was testing twice a week. Um, but my vaccinated coworkers, no fault of their own, they they actually couldn't say that with confidence. Right. The, the asymptomatic spreaders per se, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Are, were they walking around then without masks on? No, we all oh. wear at least like a surgical mask, um, okay. which, but that doesn't protect you from COVID. Sure. Um because otherwise we'd be wearing surgical masks into the COVID rooms instead of N95s or poppers. Right. All right. So now it brings us to, you filed your religious exemption and it was denied. So let's get into when it was denied. Was it denied that like, so you have obviously a mandate date that you, that you have to submit it, you get vaccinated by, or you'll be, you know, put on unpaid status. So how, how long before that date did you submit your religious exemption? I was one of the first to, that I know of, because I remember telling people, Hey, we have to submit exemptions now. And they were like, really? So that was early August. And then mid September, I was kind of on eggshells. Like you don't realize that it's, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You really don't realize how stressful that is until the shoe finally drops, right. <laughs> which it did, but I got provisionally approved for, um, as for a religious exemption in September. And I was super hopeful. I was like, great. What's that mean? Exactly. That's, that's a, that's a great question because the word provisional, I think is really important there. So basically that means they reserve the right to deny you at any time. Okay. So provisional give you an extension. Yeah. So they're like, oh, you're provisionally approved and which, but I just thought I'd be provisionally approved and like right off into the sunset. Like I really did. I just thought I'll just keep testing forever and just showing up to work and doing my job. And so then in mid-October, I received a bunch of questions um, asking me to further explain my religious exemption and why it kept me um, from getting uh, the COVID-19 vaccine. And so I did that bunch of harassing questions, super, sure. super harassing, felt very discriminated against. 
Um, feel like I'm questions. Pre- yeah, pretty sure my employer can't ask me my age, my sex, my gender, my religion, anything. And yet here they are asking me to give a book report on like detail as to why I have uh, what my religious beliefs are. So then I was at work. So here's where, here we go. Here's the, here's the day, October 28th. It's about a week later. Drum roll. That's right. I show up to work. Like I always do. Um, we work 12 hour shifts and I, um, at 10 45, my manager came and asked me to check my email. And I knew, I just like knew as soon as she said that I said, this is not a good sign. So I checked my email and I got my denial letter and it said, I'll read it verbatim. Cause I think if just picture this, picture this pre COVID, just like picture, picture getting a, a, a letter like this from your employer pre COVID. Okay. 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 After thoroughly evaluating all of the information and documentation you submitted in support of your request for a religion based exemption from the COVID-19 vaccination requirement, it has been determined that your request is not based on a sincerely held belief in a religious doctrine or teaching that prevents you from obtaining any COVID-19 vaccine. Therefore, your request has been denied. So the sincerely held belief piece of it is, wow. is unbelievable to me. They're basically Who are they, yeah, there it is. Are they to, to say? And that's what I said to them. I, 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 these recordings are, are not available. <laughs> But I was recording all day long my shenanigans back and forth with HR because so I received my letter and um, then they didn't really know what to do with me. They said, okay, why don't you just go home and follow up with HR? And I absolutely laughed in their face and said, you're joking, right? You think I'm just going to leave like quietly and follow up with HR from here? Because you know fully, full well that I will go home and become a number, just like a case number. Right. I will. I said, I would like to, I'm going to walk down to HR. I would like you as my manager to come with me. And they said, Oh, we don't have an HR office here. I said, what? Now I've hospital, never been in, right? I work at a hospital. I've never okay. been in trouble before. So I didn't know. I never had any complaints. I just show up and work like that's just, I've never had any issues. I've never needed to speak with HR before. Right. So I was really blown away that there wasn't actually a physical place where I could go talk to someone like a human and say, Hey, this happened to me. Can you guys advocate for me? So that was the first thing. And you're non-union? I I am union. Oh, you are union. Yeah, we are union. So I work for Kaiser Permanente and we have a very strong union. Unfortunately, the union has been absolutely quiet in this regard. Um, In fact, throughout this thing, throughout the day, I was there for eight hours. So I said, I'm not leaving until I speak with someone. Like that seems like I'm losing my career, my retirement, my medical benefits, because you don't think I have a sincerely held religious belief. I would like to speak with the random HR person who made that judgment on my life. And I'll wait until I can speak with that person. And so in, in the course of the day, administration actually reached out to the union and had them come kind of try to talk me off a ledge, which I thought was really funny because I said, Oh, so uh, apparently the administration and the union had a backdoor meeting about this and they're on the same page trying to get me to back off of this. Okay. Really interesting. Did your union offer incentives to get vaccinated? Not to my knowledge. No. I asked that because my union, they were 
aligned oh. with with our company from day one. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. And uh, they they were paying people. If your department could get like 85% vaccinated, they would give you like three grand. Isn't that bizarre? Bizarre. Right? Yep. Absolutely Isn't that bizarre? bizarre. Yeah. That's me. I'm just like, I'm like, again, if this was pre-COVID, you'd go, what? Well, that is so bizarre. Your radar would be up at that point, right? Because th- yeah. th- this is the evolution of it. They start off with, hey, this is a great thing. Let's rally around it. Then when that doesn't work, they incentivize it. Then when that doesn't work, it's n- then it becomes publicly a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And at that point, now it's you do it or you lose your job, you lose your livelihood. So this is a this is, so a great, this is the evolution of it, though, to, to yeah. be forced to, to do this. I just want to say this is a great uh, conversation right here. You know, when Mike and I started two years ago, we didn't know we'd be here talking about this stuff today. But from day one, we said, you know, we're we want to be a blue collar podcast. And so here's a yeah. great example of. I'm a union background talking to a union nurse with real issues and people just listen. I know there's so many blue collar workers just listen to this and it's just wrap your head around it. It's so bizarre. Like she just said, it is bizarre because if I like, for example, if I had a problem at work, I would grab a union representative to come and come with me to my meeting with my, with the administration, like as a representative for like something really minor. But this issue where I'm going to lose my job, lose my livelihood, they're totally silent. Right. Now, now it's, it's odd, though, because you're in a very particular area in uh, California, right-ish? Yes, Southern okay. California. Yeah, Southern California. Which is mind-blowing mm-hmm. to me. Which is mind-blowing that, well, first off, that you have union representation. Right. right. Uh, so it, that doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be, we've spoken with a plethora of, of medical staff out that way, and uh, that's, that's a rarity that you have a union. But there it are, is. There are unions out there like that, uh, LA County. Uh, well, no, yeah. that's a separate. Well, you know, it's weird, right? We're in, too. So we're in Indiana, we're a red state, and my wife, I, I don't know if there's a nursing union around at all. My wife has never been union. She's been a nurse for 14 years, I think. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. interesting how, yeah, the, yeah. how the democratic states are union, but they're not helping you. No. Um, all right. Well, you know, I have to say, I, I was, I was really surprised. I had never worked for a union before this. I worked for another company here in San Diego before, um, before working at Kaiser. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. Our union does a lot for us. I, I, I was under the impression because I wasn't educated that a lot of unions you just pay and they really don't help you with anything, but our union like helps us with nursing patient ratios, um, with pay they're going to bat for us. We almost went on strike like a week after I was let go or that I was put on unpaid leave, um, to, to, to go to bat for us, but they ended up settling. So they, we didn't end up striking. So, and I, I just want to say, sorry, Mike, just so I can get this in. I, I'm super thankful for the union representation. I've had my almost 18 year career with my union. Um, I've had some of the most amazing medical benefits you can get in this country. Um, you know, I've, I've honestly, I mean, I haven't done anything wrong, but I, I've always felt secure um, and I'm thankful, but at the same time, you know, I, I also think I work for one of the most corrupt unions in the United States too. Well, that's a different story for yep. a different day. <laughs> um, so uh, so with, with that being said though, would you, has the union reached out since then to you to? They have. 
Okay. And obviously we won't delve into anything that's ongoing because you, you keep alluding to that you haven't been terminated. Yeah. That yeah you she's on unpaid it. leave. Correct. Correct. Yes. Correct. So I have, I, I mean, theoretically, I don't even know if they take me back at this point, but theoretically I have till November, the end of November to get vaccinated and December 1st, I will be terminated if I do not. Okay. And will do you know what the verbiage on your termination would read? Would it be insubordination or would it be voluntarily resigned? Uh, resigned? Uh, I actually, I don't know. I'm looking here to see if it says I, it would definitely, I would, it was definitely not voluntarily resigned. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess I'll have to wait for that email. Okay. You, you've, you blew me away. I, I want to touch on something. I, I've been in, um, I, I did music publicity like over a decade ago. I haven't seen a press kit since. And you are the only <laughs> guest that we've had that has a press kit. So that tells me you're in this for the long haul. Well, it's, you know what it tells you? I have people surrounding me that are legit and know what they're doing. So my Certainly best friend, legit. Yeah. yeah, my, my best friend threw that pr- press kit together for me in like two hours and was, and, and I said, what is this? And she's like, you, this is what you send to people. Oh, well, okay. your best Thanks. friend needs uh, to get a hold of us because we might need some services. Right. <laughs> it's always better yeah, to have another set legit. of eyes. That's she's awesome. Legit, no, yeah. I mean, that is legit. Yeah. 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 I was like, holy shit, she's got a press kit. <laughs> well, and you know what? And it made my life. I mean, I say I'm literally yesterday's news, like, except for with you guys. But I, you know, I think I did 13 interviews the first week after I, um, after I was put on unpaid leave. And so, yeah, I just said, oh, here's the link. I was just shooting it out because you literally cannot, you're like a one man show. Like you just, you can't get the information out right. to fast enough. So, so, yeah. so here, here's, here's what we found. And I think this is where our niche is. Um, it's you, a good you, thing and a bad thing, right? You you've done 12 interviews, you know, in a matter of X amount of days, right? So it's a whirlwind. You're getting what five minute segments, maybe 10 minute segments at best. Am I correct on that assumption? Yes. The major news. Yes. You're, you're yeah. rushed in, you're rushed off. And then guess what? The, the next storyline comes and then they forget about mm-hmm. you. Right. Yeah. Uh, we had that happen with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller. You f- hear about that story at all? No. Uh, uh, oh, maybe I did. I just yeah. not. Well, he was the, the he was the uh, soldier that um, really oh, put a spotlight outspoken. on. Yeah, yes. Outspoken. Yeah, outspoken on. Put him on in the, so we, we had his parents yeah. on uh, Stu and Mark. Kathy. Kathy. Stu and Kathy were on the show. Great people. Awesome people. On their way to a Fox News interview, only had five minutes. And we said, look, we want to talk with you and actually get this and figure out how we can help you and what the story is. And after so their we did Fox the first, News five minutes yeah. was over with and all that, that fame was kind of done and they were on the next story, Randy got a call from Stu and said, hey, you want to talk? And we, we had a great yeah. podcast with him for about, about an hour long, yeah. like just the whole backstory, which was more intriguing than the five minute story. So that's Absolutely. why we do this because your story is not done. Your story continues on You know, all the major news outlets are, you know, on to bigger and better things per se, or the next great headline, but you still have a life to live and your story Thank still you. needs to be told. Thank you. And I have to say, you guys are way more fun to talk to. I had to just between <laughs> and all your listeners. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but getting back to like what Mike said about you know stories fizzling out. So now we have today, you know, we have several stories in the headlines, right? And slowly I noticed today, like Disney ending their mask mandates. 
like these little things are starting to yes fall apart and like disappear. And, and now Thank I'm wondering, goodness. now I'm wondering, Hmm, well, the sixth circuit court has just put a stay on the, uh, vaccine mandate for employers over a hundred. They put a stay on that. And all indicators are that they're going to continue to press that. And if you notice in the, the, and I I hope this, this helps you somewhere down the line, because obviously they would be holding their hat on that. The, what's very interesting is the federal mandate. So if you're a federal contractor, that mandate is in place that all employers that work for a federal entity, any subsidiary of have to have a hundred percent mandate, but it, just regular employers like your hospital. Uh, it's not federal hospital, correct? Not a federal. No, but facility. Kaiser Permanente is who came up with the mandates for the government. So. Well, you're kind of screwed on that part. Okay. I'm kind of screwed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wait, what do you I'm mean? totally screwed. What do you mean? Well, I think we're like the from, uh, guinea pig? From what, from what we've been told, they're the ones that, formulated it and pushed it. And they're, I think they're being sued by American frontline doctors for being basically acting as the government. So, Um, wow, that would be a crazy investigation just to see. Yeah. And I like, I'll, I'll stay in my lane because I don't understand the legal ramifications of that, but that basically, yeah, Kaiser is the one pushing the mandate. So, and that's who I work for. So they're a big, they're a big beast. wonder what they were offered. Uh, Well, we're yeah, thinking it was backdoor. They'll get money from the pharmaceutical companies. That could be. Yeah. How close yeah. are you Who to knows? the, um, to uh, Pendleton? Oh, really close. It's like just a couple of miles up the road. If we're talking about the union specifically and their failure to, and you said they're pretty much not helping you on this topic, but, but they're a good union overall, correct? Yeah. And they, they reached out to me and said that once I'm terminated, then they will be able to be more involved. Um, but there's so a grievance we'll, we'll process, see. right? Are, are you guys, are you going through the steps of the grievance process where look, from, you're on from unpaid what they, leave? So there there's, it's a disadvantage to you. They're, they're taking equity away from you. So there's gotta be a absolutely. grievance. Well, well what, what they, what and mean? I, how do you, I how, don't understand how it works, but they said that I could start that grievance once I was actually terminated. All, no, this, goes, I don't all understand. this goes back to the first day of unpaid leave. She would get back pay. Yeah, but she's not being paid now and there's no remedy happening right now. No, but when that's what they're saying. When she is terminated, then they go to back. But she's on unpaid leave. Now. Correct. But right. when, when it shit hits the fan and they go. So they're waiting for the arbitration. And, and then once they. You See, know, I, I then guess, they'll hit them hard and then she'll get back pay from the, the first day that she was off work. Right. But I, I guess my argument would be if I was sitting in, in, in your shoes, my argument would be, look, I, I'm being disciplined right now and I have no recourse. I agree. And so I would think that my, the mediation arbitration would start. And once again, rules differ from state to state. Uh, on yeah. that. Um, so basically once you're terminated, You've got to make sure that language is correct, though. Yeah. You've got to make sure it's a, it goes as a termination. But almost and, all yeah. union cases, though, you know, you you Years. nothing happens during the battle. Right. You know, you get compensated after the battle, which sucks. But you will have a job, and you will certainly get should get back pay. So with yeah. with, with that being said, the man, that, that's that's such a tricky subject. Where, where the union is actually a good union, but they they're choosing to stand. That's because they know their lane. 
I mean, they, they know. What can I they do actually, I think that they have decided that they're not, um, they're, they were in, oh, what do you call it? Um, my union people are going to be embarrassed of me that I don't know. They were in discussions, like we're, we're a new contract negotiating. We're negotiating. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. We're negotiating a new contract. And I think that this is just a battle. They didn't want to fight um, while they were in negotiations. And so it sounds like, I mean, no one's come up and said this, but it sounds like they were able, the union was able to push back the, 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 um, the date on the terminations to like December 1st. And um, cause I think originally it was September 30th. So like they're trying in their own way, yeah. sounds like to help us, but they're just, just a, a lifelong union person on the outside looking in it, I mean, it's never, this has never happened before anywhere in the country. So you guys are like the first, they don't know how to combat this, especially you just said you have yeah. union negotiations coming up. So they can have a lot on their plate. Yeah. So, and, and with that being said, I mean, th- this is so unprecedented that the ACLU is not even involved in this, right? You would think mm-hmm. the civil liberties union, they're taking right? away your fundamental right, but why are they, they should sitting be south- there they should is. be salivating. No yes, doubt about right? it. And they don't want to be involved. You have attorneys, yeah. civil rights attorneys that don't won't touch us with a 10 foot pole. Why is that? Nobody That's wants a great to, question. Nobody wants to be the trailblazer on this to fight against. And it. this to me, okay, again, I will stay in my lane, but sure. this is my first amendment rights being violated. My third grader just studied the constitution and she understands it's a very mm-hmm. black and white. Now, if we were in a different country that can't even, can't even be having this conversation, Certainly. but this is America in America, we have fundamental freedoms that protect this place and keep it great. It's not a perfect place, but these, uh, first amendment rights were in place for, to protect our freedoms so that we can continue to live the way, um, and to to do what we want to do and to have, you know, great build, great companies and live in a free country instead of letting the government come in and control everything. And this is the first step in my mind. I, that's why I put a hard, I, I drew a hard line in the sand. I said to, when I was there for eight hours, being a squeaky wheel, I reminded them over and over again, that my first amendment rights to religious freedom are being violated. Simple. They, they call them inalienable rights for a right. reason, right? We have yeah. so many conditioned people in this country that um, forget what, what this country is built on and, and the, the rights that we've been afforded. And they don't even, you know, it doesn't and, even and, dawn and, on and, them. And the, and the problem is once you give them up, they, they, don't, they don't come back. It's not temporary. You're toast. Yeah. You're toast. It's not temporary. Your other, and we have seen like what's happening right now in other um, first world countries where they're locking down and arresting the unvaccinated. Right. Look at Australia. Lock- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't have constitutional rights. That's right. the difference. Everybody thinks, Austria oh. Austria too, right? Yeah. Austria too, yes. yeah. 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 Um, Everyone thinks that it could never happen here. All right. So we got off topic a little bit because <laughs> we never quite finished your story of you getting escorted out and how the video started. Okay. All right. So okay. You're, you're playing around or you're, 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 you're taking videos. They talk about HR and they're like, all right. And this is where the story stopped was uh, we're, we're going to go back. Uh, you, you asked to go directly to HR. They said, well, we don't have an HR here. So then what happens? 
Okay. So they don't have a physical HR location. So then they put me on the phone with our local HR and I was recording and they, they refused to talk to me while I was recording. And so I said, oh, okay. And so then I didn't get anywhere with our local HR and they told me to follow up with HR. And I'm like, but aren't you HR? This is confusing to me. I'm, I, aren't you HR? So then they must've hit the, the panic button and uh, Houston, we have a problem because they sent up one of the, the head administration, uh, head, head administrators for nursing to talk to me. pulled her out of a meeting. So we had a, so then I met with her and my direct manager and I just explained to her how my rights to religious freedom are being violated. And I would like to speak with the random HR person who made that judgment on my Christian beliefs so that I can share Jesus with them and explain to them that I do have a sincerely held religious belief and why my religious exemption should be accepted. So that happened. I didn't get anywhere with her. She said, you know, you're in violation of the policy. I said, actually, I'm not. I've been following your policies. Your policies say that I need to submit a medical or religious exemption, which I did. Mm -hmm. And then I need to test twice weekly, which I did. So I'm not in violation, but now there is uh, someone making a judgment on my religion. So that doesn't even know me, didn't, doesn't talk to me. Maybe I wasn't articulate enough in my book report to you. Um, I don't know. So I, then I got on the phone with uh, national HR and they, and they actually, this poor little girl that answered the phone, I say little girl, she sounded really young and naive and had no idea what like was happening on the other end okay. <laughs> I, after being on hold for an hour and a half. And she said, um, Oh, I, I, we were actually, we've been told that there is no phone number, no email and no physical location for the people making these decisions about your religious exemption. Wow. What? Hmm, I said, uh, I'm sure that's not the case. I'll wait. I'll wait till you can find them so I can talk to them. I'll wait. So I waited all day. Yeah. I never heard at the hospital. And during those eight hours, I was just telling, I was, Oh, this is the best part. Now, if you're, if you're union, like you'll love this, or if you're a nurse, they actually asked me to finish my shift (laughs) because, because they didn't plan this well. And that we were, we were short, short short stuff. So eventually, you know, this, this is going to trickle down to the patients, right? So the patients are the ones that suffer that day. The nurses are the ones that suffered that day because now we're short staff. So I said, I'll absolutely finish my shift. If you give me a letter reinstating me. Absolutely. That's what I showed up here to do today. And then they were like, Ooh, uh, yeah, that's, that's tough. Like, we don't know what to do with that. Um, so then I guess there was like a, like a meeting around three o'clock. Like there was like a three o'clock meeting about what to do because they were all figuring out, okay, what do we do with this? This is going to happen more. Right. Um, and so they said, Oh, just follow up with HR at home. And I, so I said, no, I'll wait again. And so I asked to speak with, have another meeting with the nursing administrator that I spoke with earlier. And in the meantime, I'm just talking to my, all of my, my friends and coworkers and saying, listen, you know, me, you know, I'm a good nurse. You know what we've been through with all this with COVID look what's happening. It's illegal. This will happen to you later. You might be fine, with this vaccine mandate, you might be fine on this mandate, but what's the next mandate going to be? Are you going right. to be okay with that? Are you going to be okay with that? And if you're not, what are you going to do about it? And they were like, half of them were looking at me like, she's crazy. And the other half were like, 
I can't believe this is happening. Even if they didn't agree with what I was doing, even if they got vaccinated and they think everyone should get vaccinated, they still were like, you're losing your job over this. This is really happening. So I think in some ways it was amazing that I was able to kind of flip the light on for some people and go, listen, I don't, I'm not asking for you to agree with me. I'm actually doing what I'm doing to protect your right to disagree with me. Right. And no, and you think about it like that. That's America. I want people to disagree with me. I don't expect you to agree with me, but I want to protect our freedoms to, to have open exchange of ideas. That's freedom. Yeah. That makes sense. You there? You're yelling at your kids. <laughs> yeah, no, my dog. Not <laughs> Did you hear it? No, my, cause my kids, I like, I threatened them. I'm like, Hey, watching the iPad until I come, don't come in this room. My kids are absolutely room. excellent, but uh, we have like three little dogs and uh, they, they've actually, this is the first time first they've podcast ever, ever. Yeah. Bob, <laughs> like and we're to a point where I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I, I was hearing you. I was hearing everything you were saying, but then I just came in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right, we're good now. So maybe, I don't know, maybe there's an intruder in your house. Shouldn't you go check? No, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, good. we're good. The kids are up there. They scream. Uh, I, I don't mess with the dogs here because they're possessed and I, I, you're a religious person, so I don't want to offend you by any means, but we had I'm not easily offended. Okay. So we, we had the, uh, Catholic priest who was the exorcist. Have you ever seen the documentary hell house? It was about the house in no. Gary, demon house, the, demon house, yeah, demon house. It's on no. Netflix. Long story short, uh, possessed house. Uh, a kid actually was at the hospital, walked up the hospital wall backwards, uh, notated by DCS, doctors, nurses. Uh, the the exorcist came here. And we were kind of shooting a fun Halloween episode, but we were able to wow. snag that exorcist here. And um, it ain't right. His dogs are possessed. <laughs> His dogs were barking and just, it, it was the craziest thing ever. Wow. Uh, I digress. So it's a little, little side note on, on those. Wow. I have to dogs. listen to that one. Yeah, it was a good one. It, not often am I lost for words, obviously, but some of the things he said just scared the crap out of me. So, and I, I was re- born and raised Catholic. So I, I, I kind of have some faith in that. Uh, it's when, not like, it's not like super mind blowing, but it's uh, when you see how casual a Catholic priest is and he's like, yeah. Yeah, I have exercised 14 people. You're like, what? Right. Well, and just like, yeah. Cool conversation. The, gra- the gravity of that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you're sitting here and where you're talking about, it, he's like, you're, you're not ready for that or and he's something in, like that. And he's in my, yeah. Yeah. I know he, he, uh, <laughs> we're way off topic, but, yeah. but uh, like talking about demons and like you can't say their name, like they have names. It's crazy stuff, right? Yeah. And Mike was about yeah. to cross the line and he like told Mike, he's like, don't do it. Like, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want I just, I want to go home now. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, yeah. I've got my cross that I, uh, I went to Israel and I was in the, the Holy land in, in, in Israel. And I've got my cross where I was able to put, uh, you know, with it in the, the uh, shrine of Christ and in the, uh, the crucifix where the crucifix was, was placed. And I actually I texted right. It's like, I, I sleep with that crucifix around my neck and I'm not even like a practicing like that, but that yeah. night, I swear to God, I was, I, I love Jesus and God and everything else. <laughs> Um, more so than anybody else. It, it, yeah. it took something like that really to kind of, and I guess it's relevant because it, it really did set me to, well, if I have to believe in what's going on here, I've got to believe in 
Hey, man. Hey, I don't. He was in my house, man. Right. Yeah, and and yeah. you're and you're over there. I can't sleep. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I, I went home and said, "I'm going to sleep in my house." <laughs> All right. Um, I well, it is actually relevant because what I'm t- I'm telling you, my life has been radically changed in the last like the, the months leading up to this. I I asked to talk. I asked to hear from God. I said, God, I want to hear your voice audibly, like people in the Old Testament. And this was like back in um, April. Uh, and like clear as day, I was driving to work. Like he was sitting next to me. I heard him say, give up alcohol. And I was like, Ooh, are you sure? Ah, are you sure? Are you sure? That's what ah, seriously. Like, and I hadn't been drinking. It was, it was like very, like I said, on my way to work at like six 30 in the morning, like what? So of course I didn't listen. And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm going on vacation next week. Guys. It's like not good timing for me to give up alcohol. Um, and so I didn't. And then in July, I got really sick. And I heard again, like, God's like, you need to stop drinking. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, you hear it once. Okay. You hear it twice, like done. Like it was like a hard stop for me. I haven't had a sip of alcohol since then. Okay. Um, but the, that act of obedience, cause I, I don't think alcohol is inherently bad, but that act of obedience that I'm asked, I'm reaching out to God saying, Hey, listen, I want to do your work. I want to hear your voice. I want to be available that and he said, okay, if you're going to be obedient in this, then I can use you. And it literally, I've been a Christian my entire life. And I literally feel like the chains have been broken. Like I, I'm telling everybody ever since July, telling everyone boldly speaking my faith boldly, which I had never done before. Um, and I'm up, I'm laying awake at night and he's giving me speeches. I'm never going to give like, a speech to the school board and a speech, like I'm telling you, I I'm hearing God's voice. And so he was preparing me for that moment. I didn't know it then, but um, I absolutely believe that our religious freedoms are uh, at risk here in this country. And historically I've been educated on this. I should have been listening in history class this, this whole time. But um, since this has all happened, people have said, you know, religious freedom is the first thing that goes when on your road to socialism and communism. Absolutely. That's the first thing Yep. because people who have a faith say, you know what? I'm not going to listen to the government because I, I answer to God ultimately. And that is where, that is where my belief is. Um, and so I do believe that I'm fighting for our freedom here and it starts with religious freedom and you should care. Even if you're not, even if your listeners are like, ah, I can't get down with like that Bible thumper, then I'm just telling you that you need to protect religious freedom, even if it, if you don't think you're a religious person, because that's where it starts. If you go back in, in, in your history, how many great civilizations were lost based upon religious philosophies fought for how many people died right over religious. And then you're right. That's, that's where it starts. Every single war, no matter, no matter what one you look at, Religious implications. Religious implications. Every single one. Well, look at the Middle East. Yeah. Right now, how many thousands of the thousands of years have they been fighting over religion? So, and no matter what your faith is, uh, I mean, me and Mike talk about this all the time. It's, um, you know, and you say, you know, it's like God's work, and and I equate it to just like good energy. Like, you know, you you have your faith. Maybe like for you, it's like your conversation with God, but all the things you do, you work hard, you be kind, all the good energy you put in, it gets rewarded. And it's just one of those things that just, and then you, you're instilled with all this confidence. So look at you probably 
getting ready to do more things that you never thought you'd do. And it's just amazing. Like, wow. Where did that Absolutely. come from? Where did that Absolutely. come from? And he instills it in you. Yeah. So I, I think in ending, I think it's important for us to, to note that, you know, our, our vast amount of audience uh, are, are healthcare workers and military. And these stories are so inspiring to them because they feel like they're alone. And, you know, stories like yours where, look, we, we don't know the outcome. And I guarantee we're going to follow up with you if, you, if you're willing to entertain us again and, oh, and come back on the show. But we're going, we want to follow up with you and figure out and find out how things are going. But the fact that you could have easily went to the bottle, been a, a drunkard, right? After all this is happening, oh, whoa, woe is me type, but you're standing proud right now and you're trekking on there's always something. Once that door closes, another door is going to open. We might not know what it's going to be, but we have to at least, you know, do ourselves a service of going through it. Well, here's my question though. You ready for this? I'm ready. You have a family. You've got a little one, one, right? Maybe more. Two. Two. Um, You're this deep in the battle. You have a deadline coming up. I, I don't want to get, you know, all up in your personal business, but is this a battle you're going to fight through the end? Uh, you know, where are you at with that? Uh, do you mean, is this a battle I'm willing to fight like to, so that I don't have to get vaccinated? Yeah. The reason why I ask is because we've, uh, from the beginning of this, you know, we had so many people that were in contact with us every day, you know, they, they stood up for the rights they stood up for the rights and, you mentioned stress earlier. Stress is a, is a killer. It's huge. People don't know how to handle it. Um, yeah. they get, they get defeated. Um, some people, uh, can't f- feel like they can't fight the battle and they feel like they're going to lose everything. They don't know how they're going to support their family. They don't have a positive outlook on this. Um, so yeah, I guess my question is, you know, are you going to hold strong? Are you going to make uh, it? My husband and I are unified on this. Um, he still has a job. Uh, I, I'm really lucky that he still has a job. He is a fireman here in California. And so who knows how long that will be. He is choosing not to get vaccinated as well. They have not mandated anything for him. Um, I feel like what I'm doing is so important because I'm fighting. I can be that voice for people who single moms that I work with, who, who they literally were painted in a corner. Like they, they said, I have no option. I, I have to get vaccinated. Um, people who don't want to though. And I feel like I being able to fight this battle for them and be their voice and say, this is wrong. And you know what? I do feel like the tides are going to turn. It's going to take a bit. It's going to be too late for me in terms of this job currently for me, but I am motivated. I'm educated and I'm going to find something else. And I'm currently um, taking day by day. I, what I will say to those, those people listening who are in the same boat, I'll say this, no one can make that decision for you. And there is no shame in getting the vaccine to protect your family and to provide for them. Um, I, that I'm just speaking from personal, like, this is what I chose to do. Took the words right Um, out of my mouth. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I want you to know that I've been contacted by hundreds of people um, through all of this that are praying for you and that are praying that you have hope and peace, no matter what you decide to do and that you will land on your feet. And I'm excited for one, like this is a, this is a crazy time in history. 
think about all the people if these mandates go through, like I'm still praying that they're just going to get squashed. I literally am praying for a miracle that like, this is that thousands of qualified military teachers, federal employees, um, all of these qualified individuals who want to work these blue collar workers. Like I'm with you. It came from a blue collar family that, that they, that they won't have to face this, but if they do like, what could come from this? It's kind of incredible. I actually think I re- I just got the chills. I gave myself the chills. I don't know if that <laughs> happens all the time. I actually, I actually think that God is moving in a big way to displace so many of us for a purpose. And I know, like, I just want you to remember me saying that for when it actually happens, we can look back and go, yeah, because I think it's too hard to see right now. Um, but I, I really think that this is no accident and that God uses everything for good. And so, um, and for those of you that decide to stick to your guns and not get vaccinated. Um, I want you to take care of yourselves every day. You have to stay strong. You have to do the things that keep you feeling good and that keep you positive. For me, that's exercise, that's prayer, that's eating well, that's not drinking, that's getting plenty of sleep. Cause this is a beast. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And we really have to do, keep that in perspective. So I'm looking currently to pivot what I'm doing. I don't want to jump back to a hospital right now and have to get, you know, face another mandate. I mean, there are hospitals that are not requiring the vaccine, but I, um, I'm, I, I love writing. So as a dietitian, I've been fortunate. I get to do some uh, freelance writing. So I just jumped in that and I said, okay, like, let's go. I'm going to, I'm going to give that a go and see where it takes me. Um, and I'm hopeful. Do you have anything um, published yet? Yes. I, I work for a company called Olipop. I don't, it's like the healthy soda. It's okay. actually good for you. Um, so I'm putting out a couple articles there. We, I would love uh, to try some Olipop and get rid of this. I can't even believe you have a Pepsi <laughs> in my house right now, man. That's just not allowed in my house. I'm sorry, bud. Uh, <laughs> As I just ate a 10 piece earlier today. Um, so, <laughs> hey, you got to have some nuggies every once in a while. So let's... Uh, She's like, no, no, no nuggets. <laughs> uh, where, where can our viewers find your work at? So the nurse Titian.com. So that's the same handle. I just have a website where my book, I will, uh, I'll post, of... I'll post everything. Yeah. Nurse Titian. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, I did, so I have a landing page called walk, walkstairs.com. Um, and that's what I would really like. That's actually my message. I really, that's your, that's your send... press kit. That's my press kit. Um, yeah. at the end of the video, I walked the stairs with the security guard. I don't know if you were able to see the whole video, but I early on in COVID, I had a really bad shift and I was just trying, I was licking my wounds on my way to my car and I park on the seventh floor so that I don't forget where my car is. Okay. <laughs> and, and cause we're supposed to park up there so the patients can park lower, you know? Um, and I was about to get on the elevator and I heard this little voice say, walk the stairs. And I was like, no, I am tired. My feet hurt. I am not taking the stairs right now. I'm going to take the elevator. And I heard this voice walk the stairs. Okay, fine. Fine. Begrudgingly, I walk up the stairs, you know, huffing and puffing. I get to the top and God said, Hey, you need to walk the stairs every day after your shift to remind you that this place can't break you. That's awesome. And so every day since then, I walk the stairs, the seven flights to remind me that this place, this COVID or, you know, not having a job, this can't break me. And you know what? It's worth it. It is worth it to me to do the hard thing. And so I'm going to ask your viewers, um, your audience to, to walk the stairs with me. 
whether that's just that, whether that's just sending an email when they feel like it's appropriate to, to, to support their kids or to fight back for, against, uh, stand up for what they believe in. But when you have the chance, you are, are you going to take the elevator or are you going to do the hard thing and walk the stairs? <clears throat> when you have the chance Damn. to stand up for Let's your do. beliefs, right? And it you takes, found it. it you found your, your, your place, right? That's it's, what it takes though. It takes all of us. It's a little domino effect going, okay, I am just one person in my sphere of influence. How am I going to make an impact? And that's, it takes all of us because if we're just on the couch, you know, just hoping that somebody else is going to do it, it's going to be too late. When we finally wake up and care about something, it's going to be too late. And so I, that's my message to everyone is we've got to walk the stairs now before we don't have the chance. And we all, we all know all too well, if you're staying on the couch and you're hoping to get all your information from those media outlets, uh, no matter which one you watch, you're only getting the next sensationalized version of something. Yeah. I just want to, I want to, the true journey. Yeah. I want to interject on that. Um, I'm a huge mental health advocate. I think one of the, the biggest issues of COVID and, and the whole thing is, is, um, and it's not being talked about. It was kind of mentioned in the beginning of the pandemic and kind of just brushed off, but the mental health impact on America and the world is, um, I don't even know if it's, if you can measure it, uh, what's happening to people, um, so people, you have to stay positive. You have to think positive. And, uh, I mean, that's huge. Stress is a silent killer. Just be positive. Have to. And if you, if you need help, uh, you know, suicide hotline, you're not alone. You know, I yeah. always say that all the time. If you know, uh, you're definitely not alone. So you're not alone. Yeah. So many and, people. You, uh, to all of our listeners, um, you have someone that's, uh, willing to walk the stairs with you. That's right. So uh, I, I think that's so inspirational. So I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, once again, we extend an offer that when you get updates, please, you can jump back on this show anytime you want. Uh, and we can uh, continue to, to follow you on your journey. Thank you. I can't wait to listen to you guys too. Cool. Um,